watch it. Drink it in. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Big Six Podcast. This is episode 49, our final European Championships episode. So I hope you guys have uh, enjoyed this sort of uh, content throughout the summer. Um, we certainly have enjoyed uh, recording it. So, yeah, this is our last Euros episode. So hope you guys have been enjoying it. But, yeah, I'm joined today by Matt. So welcome back. Yo, what's up, boys? And Tay as well. How you doing? Um, I'm brilliant, boys. How are we? Oh, I'm not very brilliant, to be honest. This is <laughs> certainly right. going to be the hardest episode I've ever recorded and maybe will ever record. I mean, <laughs> where, where do I even start? I mean, I'm definitely not over it. It's not really sank in yet, but a penalties defeat to Italy, um, a heart wrencher, like that's probably worse than the Aguero goal for me in my life. I mean, I was a lot younger then, but wow, it was, it's a tough one to take. So, I mean, we'll do our best to try and like, analyse the game, speak about what we could have done better. And I mean, first of all, fair play to Italy. They were certainly the best team over the 120 minutes for sure. I thought first half, we were very good. Obviously, best possible start. It just felt too good to be true at the time, but great cross. And I was so happy for Luke Shaw, but really done me Nathan now. But first half, I thought we managed the game really well. We uh, kept the ball well. We didn't really, we limited Italy to very few chances but in the second half it just clicked and I think Mancini and Italy's experience just showed in the end and there were so many similarities to the Croatia game that we were just pinned back in our own box and we couldn't get up the pitch at all and as soon as it got into extra time it just felt like our best bet to win this game was penalties because I didn't really see any other way we were going to win with the way we were the way we were playing but even then the penalty shootout from the start the players we had on the pitch it just seemed like Italy were always going to have the upper hand so I mean I'll come to you Matt first uh, what did you think of the game? Uh, I thought England started well, as they had done against Denmark, as they had done in most games, to be honest. Um, they got a really important goal. I thought Di Lorenzo, awful defending at the back post. Italy looked really poor, like, pressing-wise for them. But I was really impressed with Sterling's movement for the goal, Kane's as well, of course. And I think it was Trippier's ball in, Kane's ball initially to Trippier. And obviously, for sure, you know, absolutely unbelievable Euros and a lovely finish, which looks a lot harder than it looks. But yeah, they got off to the perfect start and it was almost like it was too early for them because I think first 15 minutes or so, I'd say, England were firmly the better team and maybe even could have made them more of their chances, made it 2-0 or something. But at the end of the day, uh, after the bow, I think it was when Jorginho went down, that break just was exactly what Italy needed and they pretty much dominated play from then onwards. Couldn't really penetrate until uh, before half-time when they created a few half-chances, but they were more dominant. And then second half, Italy were very dominant uh, up until I think Saka and Henderson came on. Then England and more balanced went back to the four. And it's interesting as well, uh, when we previewed the game last time, we didn't even think about England going to a three-back. So we can talk about that in a sec, but it was quite a peculiar decision, uh, to say the least. But yeah, I thought England looked a lot better when Saka and Henderson came on. After that point, it was very just even, very little in it. Uh, they did really well to mock Sterling out the game. For Italy, Chiesa had an unbelievable game and a brilliant tournament. Won the players of the tournament for sure. And obviously went he went off injured, which was a big plus for England. Sad one for Italy. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, the first 15 or so minutes, it was England's territory. The next 35 or so or 30 was Italy. And then the next like 30 of the second half was pretty much all Italy. And then about the last 15 and extra time was just very cagey, very little in it. So I think penalties was a fair, but obviously very cruel way of deciding, but a very fair way in, you know, the 120 minutes. If you had to pick a team to edge it, you probably would say Italy, but I think it was just dead even. And, you know, you couldn't really pick two more evenly matched teams. And 
yeah, Italy just edged it in the end. I just don't think we offered anywhere near enough going forward from half time onwards. Like it just seemed like, like I said, so many similarities to the Croatia game. We couldn't like keep the ball at all. We weren't getting it up to like the forwards. Like you said, Sterling was utterly anonymous. Mason Mount might as well have not been on the pitch. Like I can't remember him really doing anything at all. And Kane was just isolated, to be honest. And the change of system did confuse me, to be honest. Like because I thought he might do it against Denmark, but didn't. But decided. Uh, today to I suppose make us more defensively solid potentially but we've been so solid anyway and again we're sacrificing someone like Saka from the start and then you're looking at a front three of Mount like I said who was pretty anonymous Sterling again isolated as was Kane and that's probably part of the reason why we couldn't like progress the ball a bit better in the second half and actually like when we got the ball take the pressure off us because it just seemed like it was waves and waves of Italy attacks and eventually they did bang the door down with a terrible goal to concede really the Benucci goal but we couldn't head the ball away and it pinballed in the box it fell to him but pretty like said, safe by the way from Pickford it was yeah and it's just so unfortunate that he couldn't just palm it behind but I mean he was probably our standout player on the night if you include the include the penalty shootout but it's just devastating really like similarities that we've seen before and it just feels like this was the best chance we ever had uh, to win it in recent years I mean the Qatar World Cup is going to be a completely different kettle of fish to that it's so so disappointing I mean I'll come to you now Tay uh, what did you think of the game you got anything else to add on what we could have done better potentially to help uh, manage the game better again I don't want to sound like a broken record but 90% of England games I see uh, I only my, I, you know, I only catch about half of them I'm, I'm already gone by the time the game started but for obviously I wasn't prepared for us to, you know, score so early. Um, and I, you like, I sort of agree with Matt. Maybe it was a little bit too early for them. I mean, you know, you take a goal at any point in the game. But really, I think that, I think that that changed what Southgate had planned. Um, I was speaking with Grandad about it, and he seems to think on half time he obviously went and changed the system, didn't he? Tweaked it, and um, that's when they started to see a lot more of the ball in dangerous areas and stuff. I, I mean, it's tough because, you know, it's it's easy to say, oh, we were good the first half, we were bad the second half. There were chances at majority of both ends and both both halves. And at the end of the day, we've just played 120 minutes and, then, you know, in and we've drawn against the, you know, we, it sounds stupid, we've drawn against the team that's won the Euros. Like, this England team isn't a joke. Like, we lost, on, we lost, we were very unlucky to lose on penalties, you know. Um but yeah, on the game itself, I, I don't really know what else I can say. I probably am going to try and rewatch it at some point. But yeah, I, I think I think the boys have got a lot to be proud of, to be honest. I, th- I agree, they have been, and it's been a tournament to remember. It has like so many memories that will save it forever, especially after such a year of hardship. But it will just be remembered as what could have been because I feel like we could have done so more to so much more to give us a better chance. And Italy are a fantastic team, but we were favourites going into the game, and we probably arguably do have a better squad on paper, and we're at home. So I just feel like yes, I am very proud of the team, but it's just incredibly disappointing and. You know, it almost makes it worse, doesn't it? Because you know this team is capable of winning and they showed that for large parts of the game yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And my opinion on Southgate has changed throughout this tournament. I don't want him sacked. I think anyone that does is a bit silly now because I think he has proved a lot of people wrong, including myself. But I think he has cost us this final. I think the team, the team selection was strange. You know, it is easy to say in hindsight, but I didn't think there's any reason to change to the three at the back. I think the subs were very, very questionable as well. I thought Declan Rice had a great game and got took off. I know he was quite tired, but... 
I don't think he would have wanted to come off necessarily. And then yeah. I mean, Saka came on probably too late again. We only changed the four to back after we conceded. So it was like, oh, no, we've conceded. Now we're going to actually try and attack. But It seems you know, my, my, my tweet on Southgate was how quickly he tweaked the um, formation and the whole shape was second we went a goal down. But yeah, and... that, that's what annoyed me because you can't sit on a one-goal lead for yeah. 118 minutes in the end. You have to try and attack, I think. Of course, yeah. I think we had two shots on target in 90 minutes. I'm sorry, it's not good enough and you I can't rely on sitting on a one-goal lead at all. I think this is what I tweeted during the game and it just never fails to baffle me. Every single football fan can see it like ever, anywhere. Um, you know, you can see that England look vulnerable. They don't have the play, uh, sustained pressure from Italy. So the most logical thing to do is stop sitting off and make substitutes. But he waits for the damage to happen. Where in actual fact, you can make the changes before the damage happens. Uh, maybe even get a second, you know, for like a 2-0 war. Just stop the damage happening, change the flow of the game, and maybe England would have won in normal time from that. There's not to say that he couldn't have nicked one after or kept the domination because they needed that goal. But I think it's just so irritating to watch just from any football perspective, from any team, when you know that a manager can so easily make changes earlier on and they delay it and they only delay it once to the goal it, it was frustrating, but at the same time, um, I did sort of sympathise for him because I don't know how many managers would have done the same thing. And uh, this isn't uh, oh, whether Southgate's good or bad because I've, uh, my my opinion on him is quite clear. Yeah, it, you know, he has convinced me otherwise and made me look a bit silly. But, you know, 1-0 up so early and your team needs to go, you know how good the team is defensively. I agree we should have pushed for a second more than we did, but I can see why... You do that, like, like Ethan said. You can't sit on a, in a in a European final. You can't sit on a um on a one nil uh, lead for 120 minutes, 118 minutes, can you? But yeah, it's. I'm, not, saying, I'm not saying we should be playing full flow and attacking football and like flooding men forward on every attack, but we had yeah. to be doing more in possession. Like yeah. when we just the amount of times we just got the ball and we just tried to play it along, just build the ball up a little bit, get the fullback yeah. further forward. Well, that's why. That's why I actually thought Declan Rice did well. Like you said, Sterling and Mason Mount, obviously fan, sensational footballers in my opinion, but anonymous yesterday. I think, like you say, the system um, hindered with Mason Mount out there. And Mason Mount was not exactly a player that's going to um, gonna pick up the ball, um, you know, play a pass and run in, run in behind and try and break the lines. So when we did have the ball with Rice in the field, we only had one real ball progressor, and that was Rice, who, you know, obviously, I, in my opinion, had a good game, but was obviously clearly tired by the end of the game. But, yeah, I think, like you were saying earlier, we've sacrificed a player like um, Grealish, a player like Saka, a player like, um, well, I don't know, Foden was injured. Foden, but... Sancho, Rashford. Yeah, like, exactly. In... All these players. How many players have and, we got? And, we've... and I, I agree, if you play Mount, which is fine, but if you're going to play Mount, you're going to need to be try and be a bit more expressive when we have the ball. And, you know, I think he got that. Again, I probably would have started Mason Mount as well, but yeah, look, it's, look, goes, it's such a hard job, isn't it? It's devil's advocate, isn't it? It's so hard. Like, everything's easier in hindsight too, but it, the way we look to play, I don't think the team suited yesterday. We, we've spoke, I've, I've said my praises on Southgate all tournament on the podcast in the knockout stages. And look, I'm not saying I want him gone anything like that. But one thing he has to stop is this favouritism towards certain players. Because fair enough, start most amount. I agree, I probably would have done the same. But how he lasted 100 minutes was an absolute yeah. joke. He should have been hooked on the hour 
Jack yeah. Grealish is a better player than Mason Mount. He is. Full stop. I think it's just making the most out of your squad utility. But I think as well, one thing which does frustrate me is it's pretty clear to me, right? Foden's had an unbelievable season with City. Mount's had an unbelievable season with Chelsea. Uh, Saka's had an unbelievable season with Arsenal. The only proper standout attacker for England has been Sterling, who's made everything happen all by himself. And he's had Luke Shaw as well to accompany him, which is a big plus. Cause he's a brilliant, you know, offensive-minded left-back and helps playing a, like that combination play. But if you look at Mount, it's completely isolated with players to play around him. Same with Foden, same with Saka. They all have to do it all on their own a lot of the time. So I like, I want to refrain even from like much criticism from anyone. Even Grealish as well at times didn't, when, you know, wasn't too effective against uh, Italy, for example, when he came on. So I just don't like, I don't even want to like criticise them. So I just feel like there's just not the support they need to thrive like they do at club level. Yeah, but Grealish getting 20 minutes though. Like, come on, man. Like Mason Mount in this team. I don't want to go too in on him, right? Because he's still a very young player, but he's got an he's got an undroppable status in this England team, and he shouldn't. Like the undroppable players, we're talking Kane, we're talking Stones and Maguire, Shaw at the moment, and Sterling in this tournament. Mount's not in that calibre because they're in the players that we've got. Like if you look at Maguire and Stones and you look at Kane, the drop off in the competition is huge. You look at Mason Mount, you've arguably got a better player than on Jack Grealish on the bench that made one start. Like, look, start Mason Mount fine, but like I said, he should have been took off after 60 minutes, like, definitely. And if you had Grealish on the pitch, maybe we could have progressed the ball a bit better because Mason Mount, he wasn't even like he was playing bad. He was just, might as well not even been there. Yeah. I saw something there. I think he, I I can't exactly, I saw a tweet this morning, I can't remember exactly who it was, but he made, like, 14 passes or something ridiculous on, like, after a certain minute. It's just like, yeah, least touches of any. He had 30, 36 touches in a hundred, what, hundred, no, hundred minutes, yeah, hundred minutes, yeah. And like I said, this isn't a Mason Mount slander session because I rate him very, very highly, but I think it was the wrong game for him yesterday. And I agree with you. Um, he has this almost undroppable status for, which is completely unjustified given the you know the caliber of players sat on the bench. Yeah, literally, like you got Greedis, like I said, even. Uh, I know it's a slightly different uh, role, but Sancho, one start. Rashford, no starts. Saka played less than Mount. And it's the fact that, he, you know, if he if he had one extra day of training, he'd have thrown him in for the Germany game on like 48 hours worth of training. Yeah. But I don't think yeah. he's worthy of yeah, that true, status yeah. in the team. But anyway, we'll move on from I that because it's wanna... not fair on him because he's a fantastic yeah. player. Nah, he's a brilliant but... player. I don't like big scapegoat. But I think it's actually quite an interesting notion to think about as well with the actual game itself. You've got the manager who makes the most subs and the manager who's most proactive at the bench versus the one who does the least. And I thought I'd just talk about real quick Mancini's substitutes in the game. He took off Verratti and he took off Barella, which he did against Austria, I think, as well. And they seem like strange subs. And he also took off Mobley, I thought had a horrendous tournament. Uh, they seem like strange subs, but whatever subs he makes, he usually, it usually does work. So when you see Southgate have so much attacking option on his bench, so much depth in every possible way possible, like, you know, someone like Jude Bellingham, I'm surprised he didn't get more minutes. I know he's super young, but I thought he would have had more minutes, not even against Italy, just in general. Um, obviously, Henderson should have come on earlier. You just see how much quality England have, and you just get really confused that they make, what, one or two subs in the 90, and then they're even reluctant to use the subs an extra time and end up bringing Rashford and Sancho on for the whole penalty fiasco. Which... penalty. I don't even think they had a touch in the game. I mean, yeah, that, that's the difference, really. Like, uh, Mancini has got the balls to take off Barella, who's been one of the best midfielders in Europe this season, after 54 minutes because he's had a slightly under par game. Yet Raheem Sterling got 120, Mason Mount got 100. Do you see the difference here? 
It's it's all about the safety though. You notice you notice the correlation, I guess. Maybe not inexperienced managers per se, but maybe managers just super safe. They don't want to take off their star asset, and that's why I think it's quite an interesting comparison uh, with Mancini just doing the complete opposite. Like as I said, took off Mobile, took off Insigne. The only player I think. I think before the tournament, he said um, he wants to give every single player a kick. He even did that when he brought in Sirigu against Wales. Or was it Wales? I think it was. Yeah. Um, the only player who didn't get a touch on the pitch was Alex Merritt. Yeah, of the whole squad. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They, they, he subbed, they subbed on Sirigu, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's wild when you think about the comparison. But, I mean, it is, it is you know, questionable. Because if you look at the Italy side that finished the game, I mean, compared to the side we had on the pitch, there was no excuse for them to be... You know the team on top, but it's obviously a strategy that works. And you know, I'd, I'm still very emotional from the game, and like I haven't really got over it yet. So I'm not going to be at my like best uh, today. Like might say a few rash things. So, like I, I do apologise if that's the case. But the substitution thing was just quite odd. And like I still trust Southgate going forward, but I think this favouritism over certain players, like ideally, does need to stop and then I mean the last criticism would be if it was down to him the ridiculous choices of players yeah he said in the interview I know I, I know he did but I don't know whether that's just protecting his boys or not yeah. like when, when the penalty shoot I was going on I forgot Sterling was still on I assume he was one of the ones that came off for, for Rashford or Sancho so when I saw he didn't take a penalty whether that's in his hands or not that did uh, annoy me a little bit because obviously he's been our player of the tournament arguably the player of the tournament and he's not even in the top five penalty takers yet someone who has just come on the pitch for his first kick who's like very inexperienced or and you know 19 year old Bakayo Saka he's never taken a professional penalty in his life and then I mean I know Jack Grealish he didn't even take penalties for Villa Jack Grealish but surely you're putting him on one over Saka or Sancho like Jack Jack Grealish he's you know he's Villa's top player he's one of the hottest prospects going right now Watkins is their penalty taker I think like obviously even though Garzi with the Sancho and Rashford yeah. stuff, it was crazy, right? Because Rashford isn't even penalty taker for United. Well, I, I don't. I, I think. I think Rashford taking one was the correct decision, but don't bring him on in the hundred twentieth. Just give him, yeah. give him fifteen no, minutes like, in the game. I've got that's a few right. agend- I've got a few agendas in football. One of them short corners, and like the same. Another thing that falls under that category is bringing a player on. If, if a player comes on, regardless of whether it's a penalty shootout. Their first touch of the ball cannot be a cannot be a penalty. It's the yeah. the thing that annoys me the most about yeah. whether it's a tactical decision and or. I'd argue as well if they both come on at you know second half of extra time and they got 15 minutes, they might have both scored because yeah. they'd yeah. have been far more in the game, far less nervous. Say Rashford gets the ball and he has like a decent 15 minutes, you know, dribbles past a few players, like at least gets five or so passes in, he'd be a bit more confident. It's probably Rashford's first and... shot of the tournament, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, that's unbelievable, <laughs> mate. Like. It's it the amount of weight on these players' shoulders, right? And like I said, I don't mind Rashford taking a penalty because he's took pressure penalties for United before. But the scenario of it, and I think it's you know it's very inexperienced of Southgate and very inconsiderate, I suppose as well. Like you compare that to I think you might have said this, Matt, what Luis Enrique did with Pedri. I mean, Pedri's been fantastic all tournament, but yeah. he still didn't want to you know put him in the limelight. Yet you've got. Bakayo Saka taking the fifth penalty, like it's it's easy to say in hindsight, well. but even even before the shootout, right? If you're thinking five players take a pen, you're not saying Sancho or Saka, especially fourth and fifth. No, no, no. I think you've just got to deepen, but in this context, right? Let's reverse. Let's say in an alternate world, England uh, need to score the last, the fifth penalty to win the shootout. Bakayo Saka, 19 years of age, have never stepped up to take a penalty for club. Is like. 10th penalty take or like 6th or something for club anyways 
um, like the pressure in front of all the fans. Even Jorginho, who's literally like one of the more reliable penalty takers, you know, had a great save from Pickford. And you're getting him to take the fifth one, like... I'm just... Well, I mean, even even the likes of Luke Shaw, I mean, he scored in Gdansk for us in the shootout. He could have took uh, took one. I mean, he's been fantastic this tournament, so I think his like sort of confidence would have been a lot higher. But, I mean, yeah, it's so easy to stay in hindsight. And, I mean, obviously the three lads that missed, I mean, absolutely devastated for them. I mean, especially when Rashford started, after all he's done in the last year, I was just heartbroken for him. And, obviously, all the abuse they've been getting on social media is totally uncalled for. And I'd... I trust our listeners won't be one of those people who does go out there and do that sort of stuff. But if it is you, then you need to take a real hard look at yourself because it's not on. And these players are like the future of English football and the future of the sport we love. And it's not fair that they're getting like pellets for this. It's unbelievable. Whether it's racial or not, they shouldn't be getting, you know, horrible abuse at all. Con- uh, constructive criticism, fine. Like it, they were all three of them were poor penalties. Constructive criticism, fine. But abuse, it's not on. And, you know, I'm excited to see our boys at Old Trafford next season. I'm excited to see Saka rip up the Prem for Arsenal like he has and they will be back stronger and, you know, our thoughts are with them and, you know, we hope they're all right and all that. It's a horrible thing to go through and fingers crossed they'll be leading England to glory in future years. But have you guys got anything else you want to say on the game before we sort of move on to our end of season awards sort of thing? Um, Listen, really, I think you summed that up pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I don't even I know mean, there's, there's only so much you can say on the it, game. It's, it's 120 minutes to define a nation's like future, yeah. and it's yeah. so unfortunate the, the way other, it's gone. And you know, any other day, any other day, it's not. It was, it was an inch away. Let's say any other day, it's we have we're in completely different moods. Like you know, what I mean, this is going to be a complete sound. Like a complete <laughs> it's it's such a damn I'll probably still like, be out. Yeah, I am being, mate. I mean, I was home by half 11. I was hoping I'd be out too early hours. But, I mean, it has put a damper on sort of like the spirits coming into what will be a good summer for England. With the, you know, I think it's made the Qatar World Cup, which is already looking like a poorer show, slightly more exciting. For yeah, it, it is. But it, that's going to be so much harder, like the conditions they have to play in. And, you know, you've got France will be back, back and better. You know, Spain will have a couple more years. Of course, of, of course, yeah. Like, of it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be. But tough, at the same but... time, Saka, well, not just Saka. We we also have a lot of players that will. Yeah, of course, of course, and I'm excited. To, I've loved this tournament. Like supporting the national team is means a lot to me, and it's been so good to share memories with a lot of people. Like following the boys, and you know, I'm excited to do it in the future. It's just so gutting it ended like this because it just would have been, would have been so so perfect. But yeah, I mean. That's enough rambling on about about the game because otherwise I might start crying. But um, <laughs> we're going to do like sort of end the tournament awards. So we're going to say who we think is our player of the tournament, young player of the tournament, and also our like team of the tournament. So I mean we'll have a we'll have a discussion about that now. I mean player of the tournament it went to Donnarumma. Uh, confusing yeah. <laughs> for me. I think that's I'm a bit torn, to be honest. Like I felt that was a really confusing decision, but I do also deep it. It's not the worst decision in the world. Like when I first saw it, I was like, that is a horrendous decision. But when you do deep it, it's one back to back penalty shootout, saved the most penalties in the tournament, had a great tournament as well for the yeah. winning nation. Yeah, so, he did. He, he had a fantastic tournament. Of course he did. But I wouldn't even say he was the best Italian player. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to say Raheem Sterling, personally. I think if we, if we won the tournament, I think that would have been, you know, without a debate. But the impact he had on the team and pretty much impacting nearly every single England goal. I'm I'm going for him. I don't know who you boys have got, but come from a man J five. Yeah, I think if he, I think if he didn't miss the it's penalty, JA, I think, afraid, mate. Oh, sorry, J A. I think um, I think if he didn't miss that penalty last night, I think 
you know, and therefore, you know, Donnarumma didn't have to say if the next was it two or one. I think it could have easily swung in his favour. I don't, I don't necessarily think he was putting nine out, nine, ten out of tens in every game, but it was a solid, you know, seven, eight every game. And you saw how much they, um, that team rotated. There's one mainstay in that team, and that in midfield, and that was Jorginho. A lot of Verratti's injury as well, but. You know, he was real anchor for them, winning penalty against was it Sp- Belgium, Spain? Spain, sorry, Spain, sorry, yeah. Like, and I think, I think he just, I, I don't know, I don't, I do think it's close. I don't think Donovan was the worst decision for me. It was between Jorginho and Sterling, in personally, and um, yeah, I, that, that's it. I, I wait, I go Jorginho, but what uh, are you the saying then, Matt? Um, no, to be honest. I've got like three or so options in mind. I think Sterling's definitely right up there. I think Chiellini's up there and I think Chiesa's up there. I know Chiesa didn't start the group stage games, but whenever he's played, he's been unbelievably clutch. Like he got the goal against Belgium, yeah. uh, looked a threat as well. Got the goal against Spain, looked the biggest threat. The goal against England, he single-handedly carried the attack uh, and nearly scored as well. He just looked brilliant. So it's either him or Chiellini who had a really... I know before the tournament, people were writing off Italy because they were like, oh, when they play a PMP, in quotation marks. Yeah, they're too they're, slow, they're too slow, know. yeah. But Chiellini, you know, he went toe-to-toe with Lukaku, beat him completely. I know he missed a chance or two, but he got the better of him overall. Went toe-to-toe with Kane and, you know, made things difficult for him. But also had a great tournament as well. But for me, if you're giving it to a winning team, then I'd probably edge Chiellini. But I think there is a big tax round um, a winning team being the player yeah. tournament. I, I, I mean, think, I think I think Pedri should be right up there. By the way, I know we got young player of the year, but I think he should be right up there for player of the year as well because he literally carried a nation—not carried a nation, but per se. But you know, he was a star man in a massive nation at only eighteen, and you know, was one of the best players in the tournament, definitely. So it's one of those four. I think. Well, I mean, that does segue us quite well into young player. I assume that's who you've gone for there. Hundred percent. As yeah. well, I don't think there's a single other. Like there, there are some good shouts for young player of the year, but there's no one. Unless you count on a river. Yeah, that's true as well. But um, I put Pedri. Like Don is definitely up there, but I know they technically give it to under twenty threes, but Pedri's eighteen, Donnarumma's is twenty two, so it's quite close. But I have gone for Pedri for mine. I don't know about you, Tay. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be Pedri, isn't it? Been, he has been phenomenal. I would, I would so like to give himself on the map for one to watch. I would like sure. to give a more edgy answer, but they don't, you know, it has to be him. I think um, Damsgaard deserves a shout, but oh, yeah, to, great shout, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, Pedri's just. I think with the players like Thiago, Rodri, um, Ozaya, Ball, these players in the team that uh, even Busquets, they. Pedri was going to come in and, you know, play a bit like the Bellingham role, you know, a few minutes off the bench, get his first test of tournament football. But he's grabbed, he's taken every game with a scruff of the neck, hasn't he? And Especially you, considering you, how much football he's played this season. Oh, like, yeah, he's in mean, the team as well. I mean, their last three matches, he's played 300, well, 359 minutes because he'd just come off uh, the penalty. game. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, massive props to him. I mean, if, if you didn't know about Pedri before, you certainly know about him now, and he's certainly... Certainly one for the future, and I was so excited. A little, a little, note, a little note on Pedri before we move on from him. The way Kules and Barcelona are trying to make out the league, <laughs> that he Lamazi is finest. They signed him from a second division team last yeah, Palmas last, last year. Palmas, yeah, yeah. So I also want to say is, I also want to say as well uh, for the future for Spain. I really hope Fatty recovers well from his injury because I'll be yeah, really excited to see him. I, I really like he'll be that. He'll be like that missing link from that Spain team. I think. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I feel like they missed a player like him. 
Walk That's what I mean. Then. Spain, I think Spain are going to be real, real, real um, contenders. Next Especially year. if they can keep on Lewis Enrique because it proved yeah. how much yeah. having a good coach means in this tournament. They could have quite easily got to the final and even won it. So, I mean, yeah, props to them. But, I mean, uh, we'll do team the tournament and then I've got a couple more like little categories to, to think about as well. So, I mean, we've done sort of team the tournament on here before. So, we'll read them out and then we'll have a little debate after. So, I'll come to you first, Matt. If you could give me your uh, your team of the tournament, and then we'll compare them to ours. So uh, I've obviously done a rimming goal. I, I don't think there's really much change in this. Like, there's a few players you can debate. That's about it, really. I've gone very similar to the actual team of the tournament, but done a rimming goal. Sure, left back, centre backs. I mean, it's basically out of the Italy England combined eleven one. It's incredibly hard. I think I'm definitely giving it to Chiellini, and then. Probably Maguire edges it instead of Stones. I said Stones last time, so it's either Maguire or Stones. It's Stones, bit of a coin flip. Benucci was also brilliant, but I think I'll just edge it to Maguire. Um, right back, Mahele. I think he had a brilliant tournament. I know he plays the left back, but he's played there for club, and it's easy enough to, you know, fit them both in because sure, in games is placed. Uh, Spinazzola, another, by the way. He's it was close, the- yeah. So tough on him because of that injury, you know. He he's right up there for player of the tournament as well, but unfortunately, because of that injury, you know, it's it's sad for him. Um, but then I'll probably say Jaka Pogba uh, in the pivot, not in an actual pivot, but you know, um, Chiesa, Pedri, Sterling, and then Schick. Yeah, fair enough. Right, I'll go with mine. It is quite similar. I went with sort of more of a. More of a 4 3 3. I've got Donnarumma in goal. Uh, Myler as well. Yeah, he did play left wing back, but I don't think there was too. Uh, Walker squeeze was very it, squeeze good, him but, in, yeah. Yeah, Walker was very good, but I think uh, Lee some Danish representative, uh, representatives in this team as well. Yeah, I've got Maguire and Chiellini. I'm so pleased for Maguire uh, having a great tournament. Obviously, I'm glad he couldn't go all the way, but he certainly put himself, not put himself on the map, but if you still think he's bad, then I've. He's, got, a, he's, he's a Rolls Royce of a player. He, like, and the penalty as well, I forgot to mention. Wow, like Bruno Cialene again. Not just the penalty though, literally like, do you see how the T V thing just went proper yeah, the camera was gone. I mean, yeah, yeah, if you're not if you're not respecting Maguire now, then you need to wake up some other coffee. Um play out a tournament charge next year, we're coming. Anyway, uh Keeling next this year. year. Uh it was <laughs> It was quite close between him and Benucci. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with Chiellini just because of how he marshaled the defence. I know he missed a couple of games, but yeah, I'm happy to go with him. And then Shaw just over Spinozola. I thought Spinozola was uh, class, but Shaw played one more game and, I mean, played the latter stage of the tournament and scored in the finals. So that's what gave him the edge for me. Midfield three, I think Verratti and Jorginho. I don't think you have Verratti, did you, Matt? Or Jorginho, did you? No, Pogba and Jacka for me. Okay, Verratti and Jorginho. And then third midfield uh, slot is tight between Pogba and Pedri. I thought Pogba was brilliant, but obviously played less games. So I'm just going to slightly lean towards uh, Pedri. And then front three, I've got Sterling, Schick and Ronaldo. So, uh, Tay, what about you? Yeah, do you know what? I think um, our back our back from five is all the same. Again, I was going to put Spinoza a lot, but, uh, you know, you look sure with that goal yesterday. Not that he was bad in general, but you, if you score in a final and you have a solid tournament, you've got, you know, for me, you've got to be there. So, yeah, I've gone for um, Shaw, Maguire, Chiellini, Donnarumma, Mamele. In midfield, I've gone, uh, I went, who's I go? Um, Jorginho, uh, just like I say, one of my favourites of player of the entire tournament. So, uh, Love that, Jorginho uh, getting his praise. I had him in there, and I went for Xhaka in midfield as well as Pedri. 
I mean, I think people will be like, oh, you know, Pedri was young player of the year. He was good, but he wasn't team in the tournament good. No, like, he was, you know, the best player on the Spain team. Like, most consistent. Anyway, yeah, that front, I've gone Sterling off the left. I mean, in a lot of the games, I didn't think he was great. But, you know, this is tournament football. And he's, you know, he's won us how many, I say, quote-unquote points, penalties, goals, you know. He's been, he really has been that guy. Ronaldo, I've got Ronaldo up front again. Uh, lack of games. Uh, it was close between him and Schick, to be honest, because obviously Schick had a great tournament. Even Casper Dolberg, who had a really good group stages. But yeah, I've gone Ronaldo. And... It was the official thing, by the way, Dolberg. So. Yeah, oh, was, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. And on the right, I've gone uh, Chiesa just for when, you know, when he did play, he was inst- absolutely instrumental and, you know, getting them through. So. I'm sure all the teams are pretty similar, but yeah, I, th- I thought there'd be um, I thought there'd be more debate over that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. that obviously you're going to lean to the uh, the teams that got Damn later in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But obviously, you are going to lean towards the players that went far in the tournament. I mean, Ronaldo, obviously, uh, only four games, but golden boot winner. You can't really not have him in, and I think Schick definitely yeah. deserves to be in, considering again he joined uh, uh, joined a goal with Ronaldo when. You know, a lot of people sort of not forgot about him, but he definitely showed what he can do. And then Sterling, I think we all had Sterling. But yeah, I mean, lots of great performances. I was close to putting Polpa in. He was fantastic when he played, but just leaned towards Pedri and then Verratti and Jorginho, I think. Speaks for themselves, in my opinion. But I mean, we can talk about disappointing players, I suppose. Like, it's quite hard to pick one overall. I mean, the obvious ones like Mbappe, Bruno Fernandes, quite disappointing. Have you guys got any names to throw in? Disappointments. Uh, there's a lot more than you yeah. think so I mean like the thing is though I don't it's hard to really put many English player names in because you could say someone like Foden but it wouldn't be fair he played like one game got scapegoated for it and hasn't really touched the pitch much since so I wouldn't put him in but would you no. think Mount I mean uh, once again I don't really want to put yeah, uh, yeah I think I think this would have been Mount's breakout tournament I would have Mount in there obviously with all due respect I would probably have Bruno yeah, uh, I think yeah, I, th- I think as well in that um, Portugal team. I think I thought Yota played poorly. I mean, even Diaz, though, but you know he still comes Diaz, up with yeah, two, two goals. And said, Diaz was woeful. I'm not even joking. When when it was it Germany? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was at fault for like four of the goals. Well, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at a lot of the French and Portugal sides. I think oh, Griezmann again. was was good at at all. I don't think Kante was terrible. I don't think it was good, but I've, oh, I don't know. Like maybe it's a bit harsh to burn but... Can we talk I about mean, Spain, Spain centre backs as well? None of them come with that. The thing is, though, they just chop and change them, which is also just goes to show how good Pedri is. Cause they chop and change the whole team. Even dropped Morata, uh, or yeah, he dropped Morata, I think, for a game. Yeah, semi, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is massive. He played Morata throughout and dropped Joe Marino, you thought would have been the obvious goal scorer. He dropped Ferran Torres, who was a top player. He dropped Pal Torres, I think. He dropped... Yeah, he drop Keeper, But, like, he even dropped Jordi Alba, which just goes to show how good, you know, Pedri was and how much Enrique appreciates him when he took him off in the 118th minute, I think it was. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you I'd just mentioned uh, Pal Torres. Yeah. he was very poor. Which, I mean, I know he was playing on the right side of centre-back, which he isn't quite used to but then again people say uh you know they want to be united but maguire's got the left center back role not down surely so if power torres is coming to play as a right center back 
unless they were to move Maguire, but I don't see why you would. But oh, I still I'm, think he's good. But I think this tournament showed he's not um, suited to the set sort centre back we need. I've got a um, I've got a big one. I mean, again, there's a lot of German players that you can point a finger at, but for me, I was really disappointed with um, Thomas Müller this year. I mean, yeah, um, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming off a season with what eleven goals, eighteen assists in the like in the league, and he's coming. And I think in a friendly before he scored about seven against Latvia or something. But you know, <laughs> ninety minutes against France, he was he was anonymous. Portugal, yeah, yeah, he played well. But you know, I don't want to bring it down to goals and assists, but nothing there. You know, Hungary had a few minutes in a game that they drew, didn't do anything. England missed the biggest chance of like not basically knock Germany out um, and I know there are a lot of fantastic players in this German team but I think Muller you know he's the most experienced there alongside Cruz and Neuer and he really I think I think he really let him down I think he was outshone by players like, even like Kai Havertz in my opinion Havertz yeah, had a brilliant did. tournament by the yeah. way if Germany went further I think he could have been in the tournament also Rüdiger of Chelsea I don't know what people saw in him so heavily. Three at the back tacks is really heavy. I, I actually like I, I like yeah. Rudiger. I didn't think he was that bad this tournament. I mean, if you're going to point the finger, you know, jo- jo- Joachim Love, he's not covering himself in any glory, is he? No. Again. I, I've never been very really good, to be honest, but I've been proven wrong on Christensen. I think he's had a brilliant tournament. Yeah. He's got, he's got, he's got a big goal of the tournament as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, sure. One of them, yeah. That was a lovely goal, but I mean, Schick's definitely undefeated. Yeah, 100%. I don't even know if they actually did a goal at the tournament. I think it was just so bait or so early on that there was no point. You had yeah. the Yarmolenko one, which was a nice goal. You had the uh, Chiesa. Was it Chiesa? I guess you could say one of the Chiesa ones. Insigne's goal was lovely. Um, one of the England goals for build-up, I think it was against Ukraine that early on. Yeah, yeah. Up there, so, yeah. I mean, the last one I sort of had down to talk about was most disappointing team in the tournament, but I don't think there's going to be any disagreements there. Uh, they can't be disappointing if I said they wouldn't do well, so that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, there's a couple in there. It depends what angle you go at. Obviously, France going out very early, Portugal, but I mean, Turkey has surely got to be the most terrible and disappointing team overall. And my shout of them getting to the quarters, I think I had as a... I feel a bit bad for them, to be fair, as players, because like... You had everyone just all of a sudden expect them to f the world of them. Yeah, because it got to be like a common opinion, but they had a shocking tournament. So yeah, Tom Tom Garrett's got blood in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. All right, just just finally then on the uh, on the Euros as we wrap up our Euros coverage, um, I want an early prediction for the Qatar World Cup. Oh, okay, fair yeah. enough. Who who do you think? Spain. Who are? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, Matt, you got this one right, so I can't even if, doubt it. If the Champs right. get sacked, then France go right up there, but I'm going Spain. The Champs is way overstated. I think the Champs was well. going to be sacked, he already would have been, though. Uh, probably. I think they're really. Gosh. I think he's, he's overstayed his welcome, and people are too bland with the facts that they'll be like, oh, he won the World Cup, he can't be a bad manager or anything. He showed exactly how bad of a manager, you know, a liability is in this tournament, for example, even with the amount of quality, still not managed to get France through with the right balance and stuff. So I think either Holland, if they get a good manager, or Spain is who I'll go for. I think Holland again, Louis van Gaal, aren't they? That's an interesting one. I mean, yeah, I thought, I, th- I thought he'd be uh, on his way to retirement, to be honest. But yeah, that's I mean, he did a good job there last time, but that, again, does seem like a... Bit of a strange one, but I don't know. What about Brazil? I have a look and they're the bookies' favourite. I'm not going to lie to you. I just discounted oh, every true. single non-European nation. 
I don't buy into players like Neymar. Yeah. I don't buy into I, no, like, it's not that even. I just, and you look, even like, we'll talk about copping a bit, I presume, but like, even you look at like some players who are just regular starters. Yeah, someone like Rafinha, just at home. And someone uh, like told me that he has an Italian passport as well, or, or can play for Italy, more to the point. So, you know, if he, if he played for Italy, you imagine Chiesa, not Immobile, and uh, Rafinha to front three. That'd be crazy. I think, I think next year is going to be one of the first tournaments where, in my opinion, every time I've watched the World Cup, you know, there's been... There's been Ronaldo, there's been Messi, there's been Hazard, there's been, you know, it's even as far back as Wayne Rooney. Like, there's been Harry Kane for the last two. There's been this. I think we'll name, you know, Neymar, Messi, I've said Messi, but I think next year's going to be the start of the time where we see players like this really start to crumble. Obviously, Hazard may not even make the I mean, I think it will have a decent year, but Hazard may not even make the Belgian team. You're going to have players like Lukaku, you know, will be their last World Cup before they're 30. Ronaldo's last World Cup message is going to make me feel so old. Oh no, it's going to be. Yeah, it's only a year away. It's only a year especially away. Especially if they're not quite at the races. I need. I need. I need. I'm. I'm obviously. I'm always going to be in uh, Messi's camp when it comes to the player, but I need one of Portugal or Argentina to win it. If it's not us, of course. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 not. Let's not get our hopes up. But it's, it is hard to predict this early, to be oh, fair. So yeah. that was a bit of a bombshell to throw on exactly. you. I'm sorry. Not in front of any in a year's time, as well. I, I mean, Rice Phillips, players like this, this these are young, but Maguire is going to be what 29 by the time next World Cup's on. Yeah. Henderson's going to be 32. You know, Kane's going to be 29, I think. And a player like Bellingham, he could really break out into one of the best. The, the, in that's the only position I worry about for England going forward. Is I mean, in the next, I'm talking like next seven or eight years, because we've obviously got a very good core of that sort of age. But who is going to replace Kane? Yeah, yeah. Like, I know, I mean, he's got, you know, playing at front for England probably eight more years. So what's that? Two more World Cups, yeah. one more Euros. Let, let Harvey Elliott cook. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, let Smith Rowe cook the false nine. To be fair, Smith Rowe is a sort England, of player. But, but, at the same time, though, I do I, think England will go far as well. Not every tournament. Yeah, no, I'm not writing us off at all. Like, I think we're going to go places. I really do. I've seen enough this tournament that we've progressed loads as a team. But I think the situation of the next World Cup is going to be tough for everyone, but especially, I mean, England. What are they doing, what are they doing regarding the league schedule? I, th- I, I don't actually know, but I think it's going to start two weeks earlier and end two weeks later. But, you know, for Euros or whatever, they meet up with their team about two weeks before. So it's going to be quite a big break. And then obviously, what they're going to do, play a Euros final and then play a game for their club uh, a week later, for example. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. But <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see but how it's there in the first place just says a lot about these governing bodies and stuff and how they just shouldn't be allowed yeah, to make priorities, sort of decisions. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, uh, catch you in 2022 for the uh, for the World Cup uh, pods. But, yeah, we'll just briefly talk about the Copper America because we haven't spoke about it too much on a, on the show. I, I've watched a fair bit of it, but obviously with the timings and stuff, it is quite difficult. But I did brave it and stay up to watch the final where... Uh, <laughs> Messi grabs his first piece of international silverware as much as I'm an Aldo fan it I was pleased with him I was I can't say I wasn't so but it, the game itself wow it, I it was so stupid it watch. was it was very strange I mean I've watched a fair bit especially when I was in self-isolation but haven't watched as much as I would like to but um go on what did you think of the game 
Um, I mean, I'm not surprised by how it went off the thing. I watched from pretty much the quarters. The group stage had a really dead feel to it, so I didn't bother. Uh, but the quarters and the semis it was pretty much what I watched. I'm stiff the odd game or two. But yeah, the actual final itself, I mean, a lovely goal from Di Maria. A brilliant, brilliant pass from Paul when he made another brilliant, brilliant pass to Messi who fluffed his lines very unfortunately. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, a ridiculously good signing for Atletico for 35 minutes. Definitely. I could say, Atletico have literally just uh, announced it like four minutes ago. Yeah, I did see that yeah. as well. What a, what a signing. Absolutely brilliant signing. And I mean, I love seeing as well players that obviously know at Atletico, but it's quite cool to see like international duty players at like Udinese or whatever, you know get their flowers at international level and people actually appreciate them more and more. Um, but yeah, he had a great tournament in general. Uh, Messi, obviously, player of the tournament, had a bit of an off game, but I mean, it didn't cost him uh, Argentina in the end. And Neymar for Brazil, I mean, <laughs> God, I don't know how his ankle survived. Like, I know he held onto the ball a bit too long at times, which is poor decision making, but the tackles you see in that, like that Otamendi tackle, for example, I'd love, like, Prem fans, if that happened in England, my word, like, it wouldn't be a pleasing sight. But, yeah, Argentina defended really, really well off that lovely goal. Uh, Edison obviously came off. And uh, who was it? Renan Lodi, I think, who got caught out? Yeah. Oh. Well, you say caught out. The pass was sublime. Yeah, I guess, I guess you just can't really allow your man to get ahead of you of course, so easy. Yeah. But it was a brilliant pass and a lovely, such a, that touch and finish, just such a Di Maria technical type of thing. Uh, but yeah, lovely goal. And after we, that, I mean, talk about Edison, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I've been saying it for time. That Bit guy, he's, <laughs> he is awful. And the, he's, the fact is, he is the worst world class player I've ever seen in my life. Wow, that's, that's old. That's like, a bit harsh. He's, he's, I just don't get it with him. I know there's this big apparent rivalry between the Brazilian keepers in the Premier League, but. I'm taking a consistent play. I mean, I know Allison's had his down patches this year, but Edison does it all the time. He's the. Oh, I'm sorry, it's the I'm coming not... off his line thing. Yeah, I don't like, get it. He, he makes it. He makes it seem like he. It makes it seem like he has to do it. But I watch the goal back, and if he just holds his line, the defender, if the defender can force Di Maria onto his right foot, and Edison stays on his line, there's no way he scores. Yeah, it's just yeah. so rash to like rush out, and it's not the first time he's sort of done it. It's I'm not. Occurrence. I'm not going as bold as you. I think still think he's a good keeper, but the coming off his line thing, it's it's strange because it it does it make just, it look like it's the right decision. It was a great. He thing. just has the bozo gene. It's so it's so preventable. He did it at the Etihad this like near the end. Did of it against the Spurs like three times. Wow. Yeah, the La Salso um, goal it was it was quite similar actually. Like you made it look like such an easy finish by just rushing out. But I feel like the, the defender, nature, I guess, the defender will know Di Maria's right foot is quite poor. So if you can force him onto that right foot, he won't score. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too in on him, but it was. It's something to be because, like, if I was a City fan, that drive would be crazy. I mean, I know they haven't got much to complain about overall, but getting rushed the line all the time. It's understandable, but I thought I would just bring up as well. Uh, when Tay said he's not really sold in Brazil, I can also understand it. I mean, uh, Casemiro obviously played alongside Fred in a pivot. Uh, you have Everton and Richarlison, I guess, on the wings or Neymar Central. Um, but like Richarlison, I used to have stocks in that, or not actual stocks, but you know, I used to rate that guy. But whole uh, shame from him, wasn't it? I can't rate him anymore. He's just so painfully average, and his his career progression just has completely stagnated. I don't know how he's a like a definite starter in that Brazil team. I know Jesus was, but obviously, yeah, red cards uh, happened, which is unfortunate. I mean, off the tackle. Was it so. unfortunate? Do you see it? No, I was saying unfortunate in the whole thing of you know for <laughs> yeah. Brazil. But yeah, it was a shocking, shocking tackle. 
he's, what, started him in the chest or something as we're playing football here. I mean, you probably couldn't tell during watching that game because some of the tackles on show, I mean, it's not for their light-hearted. That's for I mean, sure. Brazil, Brazil have just declined an unbelievable amount. I know they won the Copper, I think it was two years ago, but you look at some of the players they've got now, considering how they were and how they're favourites for Qatar. I don't know if that's to do with conditions or something. I'll check the bookies. They are favourites at the moment. That's, that's just baffling to me. I don't see how they could possibly be favourites. Like they have a great team. Don't get me wrong, but they have what Eden Militao Marquinhos. If unless Thiago Silva has one more tournament left in him, um, they'll have Lodi, who I haven't seen too much of to really give you an answer, an answer on him. Um, who's right back again? Danilo played there. Yeah. They went from Cafu and Daniel Alves to Danilo. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking there's a reason I can remember him. <laughs> Sorry, Danilo, if you're watching me. Oh, um, but yeah, I don't know. Just Brazil were just really disappointing. They didn't create much. Credit to Argentina, though. You know, they made it a very stop-start game. I mean, as I said, Neymar's ankles must have fallen off. Lucas Paqueta couldn't really get in the game, and Firmino came on and did the equivalent to absolutely nothing. So yeah, fair play to Argentina. It's sure. amazing. Messi, to, it's amazing for Messi to to get his international tournament long lost. To be fair, he um, wasn't the best in the game, was he? No. I mean, all, all that was made uh, from Ronaldo not being on the pitch, Messi might as well not have been on the pitch either. Oh, okay. Let's, uh, let's well, I ain't wrong. I mean, he's, 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 he's an incredible player and he deserves this success. But I mean, nah, it's it's understandable. I mean. Messi had one of the best like, player tournaments, but then obviously... Oh, yeah, he was great. You're, you're just a hater. He had a poor game, I thought the rest of it. Not deep Peru, man. Not too deep. Deep Peru, man. So ill. But yeah, no, uh, Di Maria was great, and like he does have a habit of stepping up in big games now, and as much as I really dislike him, he was very, very good. And like you said, the poor, great performance and a steal for Atletico Madrid, and also Emi Martinez made a couple of crucial saves. So, uh, yeah, his rise has been unbelievable, hasn't it? Like, from coming into Arsenal's first team, winning the FA Cup, doing what he did with Villa, and now an international champion. I mean, I'm delighted for him because he's a top person. So, massive credit to him. And I, I saw um, a tweet the other day, it was like uh, Neil Morpé snapping Leno has led to Messi leaving, <laughs> winning his first international <laughs> tournament. Oh, crazy how yeah. <laughs> things happen, isn't it? That's crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Finally, they can stop hosting Copper America because every year now Messi's won it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they, in Brazil's backyard as well. Just, well, just out of interest, by the way, we did this last time for Italy, England, but we didn't like preview the game or anything. What would your guys' combined 11 be between like the Brazil and Argentina? Oh, who cares? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, come on. <laughs> no, um, the keepers. Hey, say an Emmy of Redison. I know already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, come 100%. On. What about Alisson in the picture? Well, I mean, nah, if you go I'll go to the starting goalkeepers. Are we going off just the tournament or the seasons as a whole or their careers? Nah, just go, go to tournament. Yeah, I don't, definitely, I, mean, I, don't, I don't. I don't remember Danilo at Juventus two weeks into the <laughs> Serie A season. Like. <laughs> yeah, but, so definitely Emmy then. Montiel. Yeah, I'm going. Honestly, I promise you, I'm going Emmy. I mean that. Fair uh, off this tournament. Off this tournament is a very. Fair I think. Ge- I think in general, but. Go on. Interesting, fair enough. Um, I mean, he's a very safe keeper. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Gonzalo Montiel over Danilo because I signed him on Football Manager for 300k once and he, his value was at 20 million. Brilliant. Fantastic um, analysis. This yeah. is what we pay the big bucks for. <laughs> yeah, if you want to more of this. He, he only played the later rounds, didn't he? So. Yeah. Joke, yeah. Jokes aside, I think the Brazilian centre-backs 
both get in. But that yeah, Christian, I'm a big fan yeah. of Christian Romero. Oh, I love him. I, uh, for you know, on loan from Atalanta, I didn't realise he was another player. Juve just have a there. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. I, they might, I reckon that they'll look to sell one. Um, I mean, I appreciate their centre backs are getting old, but they've got he's is it Demiral really, as well. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think he's the perfect he's Arsenal player. Um, I, I mean, I get obviously they're going out and um, signing Ben White, but you know he's a he's a, he's a, he's an aggressive player. But you know he doesn't you know. I, yeah, I can't, I can't see him being too expensive. So I think that's one team should certainly take a look at. But yeah, I probably would go for Marquinhos and Silva. But yeah. Romero has been very good for Al. Would you take Militao as well though? Like, well, I wouldn't say over. I wouldn't say. I think Marquinhos and Silva are both better players. But yeah. you know what, how much how much reliability are you getting out of Joe Silver nowadays? Yeah, I just wanted to throw a Militao name in the mix, just giving the credit to those. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd left back. I'm not a massive fan of Acuna, to be honest. I'm not I'd a massive fan of Lodi either. Yeah, yeah, neither. I mean, can we just skip this position? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take <laughs> uh, this I don't even know what we're doing now. We're comparing right. Di Maria with Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, say we went for like a what a pivot. You mean Casemiro? Yeah, probably. I think I think Casemiro has to be there. And if we're not talking balance or... in this game, you'd have to go to Paul. But as an overall player, in, in terms know. of overall, then yeah, definitely the But in terms of overall, you're going uh, Casemiro and Fabinho. Yeah, I guess so. But in terms That'll of the slowest midfield in the I world, feel like... that's why they didn't play together, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. One of one of Casemiro and Fabinho, and then Lucas Paqueta and the Paul. Feels yeah, like I can get behind that. Paqueta is, is very... Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, he, I'm really like, happy for him. Like, how he's turned around his career. I mean, he never really got given much of a chance at Milan and then he's gone Leon and just been a main guy for them. Yeah. I mean, front three. Front, front, yeah, uh, front three, I'm going Richarlison, Messi and Martino. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Why, you're so edgy, bro. <laughs> well, <laughs> nah, it's... Do you know what though? It's Neymar and Messi, and take your pick at the last one. Di Maria. I don't. Maybe. I don't rate the yeah. I'd rather play. Yeah, definitely Di Maria here in the Messi central. I don't buy, I don't. I don't buy into Lautaro. Yeah, I do I've never rated him that high. I think he's alright, but I think he's that good. I, I don't feel like. I feel like he's one of them stuck in the good category, but not quite. Yeah, early. which isn't the problem. But it's when you it's see him not, linked with eighty yeah. million pound moves every summer. That's what annoys me. Like he's <laughs> let him be a good player. You're not that guy, pal. Anyway, that was a massive uh, waffle sesh anyway, but <laughs> I, I, like if you're into your Coffer America stuff like we are, sorry, we didn't cover it more, but you know, we had so much talk about with the, with the Euros. But, um, <laughs> Would you want us to commentate over like Ecuador v Colombia or something? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we could talk about respect, how Yerry Mina Colombians, by the way. We could talk about how Yerry Mina started dancing after uh, the pen and we can talk about like Emmy Martinez and we could talk about how what was it? A Colombian pen during that same shootout started dancing in front of Emmy when they were losing. I think it was Borja. Absolutely yeah. hysterical to see. South America. I, mean, I, I was devastated that uh, Eddie Cavani's golden boot charge was ended. That's <laughs> uh, right. Come back stronger at United. Anyway, that was a massive waffle sesh, but that probably does uh, that probably does bring an end to the show. So it's the end of our international content for now. I think we're not quite sure where we're going to go with the pod in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, previewing the season. I mean, there's lots to talk about transfers, which we haven't even had a chance to talk about at all for like this uh, for like this period. So maybe we'll do an episode on that. But just finally, on the fantasy league, if you've come near the top and you're listening to this, please get in touch with us so we can verify that you've done all the right steps and stuff, so you can win the gift card. But we'll be 
doing that over on our Twitter anyway, which is at Big Six Pod. So feel free to follow. We did a sort of combined 11 thing the other day. So follow on there to interact with further things and our fancy Premier League uh, league that we'll be setting up soon. But yeah, I mean, I hope you guys have enjoyed the football this summer. I mean, I have up until the final, but um, (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the content and sharing it with us. We've certainly enjoyed uh, listening and we appreciate all the support as always. So, I mean, take it easy, guys, and we'll see you soon.